Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Now here's the problem, you still see things wrong with you. And the devil still sees sees, uh, things wrong with you. People still see things wrong with you. But the bigger issue is that you see it and you agree with it. We agree with man more than we do with God. The Father says, I have formally renounced it. I have formally rejected as far as he's concerned. There is nothing wrong with you. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this time, this moment that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Father, we pray today that you would speak to us today by your spirit, that you would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Father, I declare that that, uh, I can't do this, but you can. Lord, you have the strength to preach and proclaim. Your spirit uh, has everything that we need. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to take control, to take over to take my mouth, my vocal cords, my mind, my thoughts, everything that I am to proclaim this message of grace, to proclaim the gospel of grace. Lord, we ask you as well that you would touch our hearts, open up our hearts so that we can hear and so that our hearts will be good fertile ground, good and ready for the sowing of the seed today, for the sowing of the word into the uh, good ground of our hearts. We thank you, Father, that this time is anointed and appointed of you. And we thank you, Lord, for those that are here right now and for those that are joining us by way of television, uh, YouTube, and Roku, and podcasts, and radio stations. Lord, we include them in the prayer as we pray at this time. We ask you to bless them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, everybody. Well, we, uh, again, welcome everybody that's here. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community right now. Hello, online community. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Welcome once again. You're in for a treat today. The Lord does have a word for you, and I'm glad that you have taken the time to join us today. All right. As you know, everybody, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks entitled Get Up. God wants you to get up. Get up. Sit up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And he's preparing us for the season that we're in and for the season that season that is coming for the season that is coming. Let me tell you already before we get started, the Lord has already breathed uh, in my heart uh, a word for next year, word for the new coming season. And the word was simply this, take it, take it. Uh, He's saying this year for us has been the year of harvest. And boy, have we seen a lot of changes uh, this year and it continues to be so. The Lord continues to add and add and add and we haven't seen it all yet. But the year uh, 21 is take it, take it. The Lord spoke to me just clearly uh, while I was right over there. I heard it. I was minding my own business again, Stan. And the Lord has a, he does that sometimes. You're doing something else and I just hear a word. He said, take it. That's the new, that's, well, that will be uh, next year. Take it. This next season, take it. The Bible declares since the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. There'll be opportunities for you to take it, take it. You're going to take the promised land. 
You're going to take those things that belong to you, and God will equip you, especially in the last three months of this year. I heard that the last three months of this year, he will put you in a position to take, to claim the things that have, um, the things that are yours, things that belong to you. So you can write that down if you like, but this is the move of the Spirit, and this is what the Holy Spirit will be doing and is doing in this hour, especially the last three months of this year. I'm telling you, last three months of the year, he will prepare you to take back the things that have been stolen from you, take back opportunities, to take the wealth, uh, to take a position, take it, to take the promised land, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. That's good news to me. All right, so today we're going to continue in the series, and today we're going to subtitle today, You Have Been Justified. You have been justified. Remember, it's up to you and I to declare what the Lord said. We have to declare what he said. Don't matter, it doesn't matter what the devil says, what people say. You have to declare what Jesus says, what the Bible says about you. You have to declare it openly. Say it long, say it loud. You have been justified. And we're going to talk about that today. And I pray that you receive the rich revelation from it. All right, we're going to go back with our confession uh, today. And so let's go ahead and go back to our confession. And it goes like this. Because of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. All right, let's say it together. I am forgiven. Colossians 1.14. All my sins have been washed away. 1 John 1.7. I have peace with God. Romans 5.1. I have been made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I am forever perfected and sanctified, being made holy. Hebrews 10, 14. I am not now, nor will I ever be condemned by God. Romans 8, 1. I am loved and accepted in the presence of God. John 3, 16. Ephesians 1, 6. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Hallelujah. So I'll just advise you guys all throughout the week, uh, just say these over and over again. We did, I did want to have put them on our website so that you can uh, read them there. Just go to the series page. Those of you that are online, go to the series page, the Get Up series page, and you can see all the confessions. You can write them down or, or however you want to do it. And of course, those of you that are here, it's on the table in the back. It's very important that you declare the word of God over your life. Amen? Amen? It has to, you have to become that. You have to become that. And you become that through your confession, all right, and through your belief. All right, there are a few words that we're going to look at today, a few key words uh, that we're going to really zoom in on today. First key word is um, imputed. Can you say imputed? Secondly, justified or justification. And the last word is atonement, atonement. We're going to look at these words today. Uh, we may not get to all of them today, may not get to atonement, but whatever we don't do today, Lord willing, we'll take up on and continue next week. These are concepts, um, basic concepts that you need to know, that every born-again believer needs to know. Not only do you need to know them like being familiar with them, no, you need to know them like you know your best friend. You know, you've heard people, somebody asks you, do you know so-and-so? Well, you say, well, yeah, they're in my class, or yeah, they're at work. I, 
that's them over there. You recognize them, but you don't really know them. You understand? You don't really know them. This is, that's not what I'm talking about. You must know the word, know this like it's your best friend. Hallelujah. Jesus is the word. You must know him. You must know his word, not just be familiar with it, not just have heard about it, because you being familiar with it or just hearing about it is not going to keep you in terrible times. Turbulent times are on the horizon, are ahead. And I continue to hear the Spirit say, brace yourself. Stuff is going to happen. It's going to happen, especially around the close of this year. It's going to happen. But don't worry, as long as you are in Christ, you want, the Lord has you in his divine bubble, so to speak, in his divine protection. He has you covered. But listen, there's a thing. You can either be in the house and be secure in knowing that he's got you and rest in peace, or you can be in the house and fretting, oh, 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 oh. You know, it's good for you to hear the word and know it. Hide that word in your heart and let it change your entire life. Amen? All right. So we're going to get into these words today again, imputed, justified, justification, uh, and of course, atonement. Now let's go to Romans 4. Romans 4, verse 16 through 25. I got to get these concepts. You got to hear this because this is who you are. This is who you are. Romans 4, verse 16 through 25. And it says this, uh, the King James Version. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be uh, sure to all the seed. Of course, Romans 4 talks about, uh, talks about Abraham and how Abraham was declared righteous, okay? So that's what we're really walking into right now uh, as God talks about Abraham, his righteousness, and he's righteous by faith, okay? So let me start again. Therefore, it is a faith. What is a faith? That we receive righteousness or right standing by right standing with God through faith or through believing in what he has done, not by works, okay? It says, therefore, it is a faith. The promise, that is, is a faith uh, that it might be by grace. Uh, to the end, to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, that is, to all the generations, this promise that God has given us of being right in his sight is a faith. It is a grace, not by works, least any man should boast. And it is a guarantee to all generations. That's what it means here. It is where it says the promise uh, is that to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. That is to all generations. This promise of right standing with God, righteousness with God is guaranteed to all generations. It's available to every generation, all right? And it goes on, it says, not, not to that only which is of the law, or in other words, not to those only who receive the law uh, or the natural seed, all right? Those will be the Jews, the natural seed, but to that also or them also, which is of the faith of Abraham or who um, is of faith, who has the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So that talks about Jew and Gentile. The seed or the promise of righteousness with God is guaranteed, guaranteed to be available for all humanity. That's what, that's what that's talking about. Verse 17 says, 
as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom uh, he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham was fully persuaded. He had ultimate confidence that what God had promised him, he could do it, even though he was old, even though he was about 100 years old and, and, and Sarah also old. He said, well, I'm not thinking about this, Lord. I'm thinking about what you said. I'm not going to look at this. I'm going to look at what you said. And that's the essence of faith, right? Walking by faith and not by sight. If Abraham and Sarah walked by sight, they would have stopped a long time ago. But he weighed God's word over what he saw. Got it? And because of this, we see here in verse 22, it says, and therefore it was imputed, say imputed. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23, and it was, and it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. So it's not only Abraham was imputed something. What's imputed? Imputed. Imputed. Sounds like a strange word, doesn't it? Strange. Imputed. Is that uh, something on a, in a country buffet? Give me some of that. Imputed. No. All right, we'll go back. So here we are. It's going to be one of those. Let me come on back. All right. So Something was imputed to Abraham. We're going to find out what that word imputed means. It was imputed to Abraham, and it was also imputed to us. Something was imputed to us. It says, verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Let's read verse 25 who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. All right, now let's look back again, verse 24. It says, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. Something was imputed to Abraham and something is imputed to us. So, but verse 25 says, uh, it says, but for us also uh, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who raised Jesus from the dead? All right, let's look at that in Acts, the second chapter. Some of you already know, but let me bring it home to you so that you will definitely know by the word who raised Jesus from the dead. Acts, second chapter, verse 32 says what? This Jesus, which God raised up, whereof we, will, we all are witnesses. God raised Jesus from the dead. And one of my favorite scriptures in Romans 10, 19 Rather, Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9 says, if, if, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God 
hath raised him up, rather raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we know that God raised Jesus from the dead, right? So the Bible says here again in verse, uh, let's look again at uh, verse, mm, verse 24. It says, but for us also, this was written for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him, if you believe on him that raised up uh, Jesus uh, our Lord from the dead. You have to believe in God. Now, believing in God is to believe in Christ because God sent Christ. Father sent Christ. He gave his son to be the sin offering for our sins. Now, this is a big deal that you're going to have to believe in God because God is the high judge. He is the judge. And what you are believing when you place your faith in Jesus, what you are believing in that when you stand before God, that the Father will not throw lightning bolts at you or condemn you or judge you. You are believing that what he sent, who the person he sent, Jesus, that his blood, his sacrifice is strong enough, it is good enough for God never to judge you again, for God to welcome you into his presence. Not only in the sweet by and by, but in this right here in the naughty now. Well, whatever. You got me, right? Okay. All right. So let's talk about what imputed is, because I want you, I need you really to see this, then we're going to go further. The word imputed means to reckon. It means calculate. It means count, compute. Uh, it means, again, to reckon inward, count up, or weigh the reasons. It means to deliberate, to suppose, to deem, or judge. All right? So in other words, again, it says it was imputed. Let's look back at the verse. Let's go back uh, to verse, 20, verse 22. It says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Again, verse, and verse, that's verse 22. Verse 24 says, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. So when you, talk, when you think about the word imputed, I want you to think about to reckon, all right? Um, uh, to weigh the reasons or really to think about or to judge, all right? So God says simply, he, when you say you believe in Jesus, the father looks away from you, and he looks back at his son. Remember, imputed means to, to weigh it out. It means to calculate, to think about. You say you believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. So at that moment, the father looks away from you and looks at the son. He calculates. He counts. He takes account of what Jesus did. He takes account of uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, he takes account of his holiness. He, he takes account of Christ's righteousness. He takes all that into account. He looks at Christ, and then he turns to you and gives you all of that. He places it on you. He accounts what Jesus did to you. It is if for one moment you had zero dollars in your account, and then God looks away and he looks back to you, and now there are trillions upon quadrillions. Now there are quadrillions, so much money that you cannot count that or that cannot be counted. It's like one moment, God looks at you, worthless. He looks over to Christ, and he looks back to you. And now 
You are priceless, something that far exceeds any value. What is on Christ? Christ standing with the Father has now been granted over to you. In other words, it has been accredited. The holiness that was ascribed to Christ has now been placed upon you. The righteousness that was ascribed to Christ has now been placed upon you. The goodness that was upon Christ, God now placed it upon you. Right standing that Christ has is now his right standing has now been placed upon you. So when the Bible talks about being imputed, imputed because Abraham believed God, it was then imputed upon him for righteousness. In other words, God said, when you believe in Jesus, when you believe in him, his finished work, God looked at you, looked away from you. In other words, he didn't measure you. Remember, impute means to to measure or to reckon, to think about, to take account of. In many cases, it means to take an inventory of. God's not taking an inventory of you. You're not the one that's in question. It's not your righteousness, but it's the righteousness of Christ. Remember, it is never the worshiper that is measured, but it is a sacrifice that is measured. So when you say, I believe in Jesus, when you receive him as your Lord and as your Savior, when you believe that God sent his only begotten son into the world to take your sins away and that Jesus is a sin offering, What happened for an instant, God looks away from you, looks at all that Jesus is. And all that Jesus is, he then takes it and places it upon you. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. And you sure didn't deserve it. But this is what's called grace, the unmerited favor of God. Look at it as well in the, in the account of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son came back home, what did the father do? He gave him the best robe, put it on him. So there is a robe of righteousness that you now possess, that you now have, that was granted unto you because you believed. It has been imputed, added to your account. Everything that Jesus is, how he is loved by Father, how he is accepted by the Father, how he is holy, how he is just, everything that he has, everything that he is, the Father has taken that and has placed that upon you. And what the devil wants you to do is to continue to see yourself as worthless, as insignificant, as having nothing when you actually have everything. One moment you had nothing, but then you have everything. This is what the Father did for you when the Bible says that he has imputed righteousness upon you. He credited your account. And this is something that you must confess over and over and over again. And this will make more sense to you as we go on, as you're understanding this again. So again, the definition for imputed is this, to reckon, calculate, calculate, think about, calculate, to count or to compute. In some uh, dictionaries, it means also to take an inventory of. He's not calculating you, but he's calculating Christ, thinking about Christ, weighing Christ, weighing the sin offering. Is it fit? 
If the offering is fit, then the worshiper is fit. Hallelujah. Is Jesus fit and satisfactory? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Then that means also that you are fit and satisfactory. So you have to say, Lord, I thank you that I am now righteous in your sight. I receive the imputed righteousness. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, my God, that's good news. Romans 4.25, let's look at this. We're going to go a little bit further. Romans 4.25 says this. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now, let's talk about justification a bit. So, it talks about here again, Jesus was delivered. The Father gave Christ. Remember John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life, right? The Bible says Jesus was delivered for our offenses. He was handed over. He was betrayed for our offenses. And offenses simply means sins. He was betrayed. He was beat. He bled and he died and he suffered because of our sins, because of us, because of our sins. The father so loved you that he delivered his son to pay the penalty for your sins. The father so loved you that he delivered his son to pay the penalty for our sins. And I pray that we catch a revelation of the high price that the Father paid. That the Father paid to get you in his righteousness, to get you back in his favor. I pray that you'll see and get a revelation of the Spirit, of the high price that Jesus paid. That Jesus paid to get you back in right standing with God. To get you the favor, to get you the love and acceptance that the Father has always wanted you to have. I pray that you'll get the revelation. The Bible says again uh, that Jesus was delivered for our offenses that is for our sins and it says and was raised up for our justification say justification so he was tormented he was abused he was beaten whipped goes down into the lower parts of the earth to burn up our sins that took place to deal with our sins but he was raised so that we could be, so that we could have justification. Now let's look, look, let's look at the word justification. We're going to go a little bit further. This shows you again the high price that Father paid for you. The high price. And so justification means the act of God declaring men free from guilt and acceptable to him. Again, justification, the act of God declaring men, that is mankind, free from guilt and acceptable to him. So you can say, Father, I thank you that I am now free from guilt and I am now acceptable to you. I am now free from guilt and acceptable to you. What guilt? 
The guilt that we've had over sin, the guilt that we've had over shame, the guilt that is that says I'm not good enough, I can't do this well enough, this and that, the guilt. I am now free from the guilt of sin. I am now free from shame. I am now free from condemnation because of what Jesus did. If Jesus got up from the dead, and he did, then that means that God has now justified you. And justification means to be, the, it's the act of God declaring men free from guilt and acceptable. Now it says it's the act of God declaring. In other words, God himself said this, not an angel and not another man. God himself said it from his throne. Because you believe in Jesus, I now justify you. I now call you free from guilt and acceptable in my sight. Now, the father has said that. He said that from his throne, and God cannot lie. It is up to us at that point to say, yes, father, I am free from guilt, and I am accepted in your sight. That's what justification is. God said it. Now, it's up to us to believe it. Yes, Father, I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. I believe it. I am free from guilt. It doesn't matter. Again, remember what faith really is. Faith does not walk by what we see or by what we feel or by the circumstances, how the circumstances look. It looks to what God said. It believes to what God said despite the circumstance, despite the sin, despite what people say. Father, you said that Jesus was raised for my justification. That means that I am, Lord, I am free from guilt. I am accepted in your sight. Now, this is something that God has done and it is forever settled in the halls of heaven because you have received Christ Jesus. Not because you come to church, not because you read your Bible, not because you are a good moral person. It has to do with believing in Jesus and receiving him, believing in God, believing that he sent his only begotten son into the world to pay the price for your sins. Do you believe in the father? Jesus said, if you believe in the father, also believe in me. Hallelujah. Now look at the next part of the word justification, glory, father, I thank you in Jesus mighty name. The next part of the definition of justification is to, it means abjuring to be righteous. Justification. Abjuring to be righteous. Say that with me. Abjuring to be righteous. Say that again. Abjuring to be righteous. That's A-B-J-U-R-I-N-G. Abjuring to be righteous. Now, abjuring or to abjure means to renounce upon oath. To renounce upon oath. To solemnly renounce or reject. Now that seems kind of strange. Again, it means, to abjure means to renounce upon oath. It means to solemnly renounce, reject. In other words, the father formally renounced your unrighteousness to make you righteous. In order for God to justify you, he formally said, I renounce your unrighteousness. 
I reject your unrighteousness. Everything about you that was unrighteous, I renounce it. I reject it. And this frees the path for you to receive the righteousness that Father supplies you. Everything about you that was bad, everything about you that was evil, everything about you that was wrong, everything the Father says, I renounce it. I reject it. And in place, he gives you his sovereign, sovereign grace, this sovereign righteousness that is so holy, that is so acceptable that only Jesus, the son of God himself, could carry this. He says, I place this upon you. Abjuring, abjuring to be righteous again means that father formally renounced your unrighteousness to make you righteous. This officially declares us forever right with him. When God says, I abjure, your, I abjure you to righteousness, he's saying again, I formally renounce or formally reject everything that was wrong about you, everything that was unrighteous about you. I formally reject it. Now, here's the problem. You still see things wrong with you. And the devil still sees, sees uh, things wrong with you. People still see things wrong with you. But the bigger issue is that you see it and you agree with it. We agree with man more than we do with God. The father says, I have formally renounced it. I have formally rejected. As far as he's concerned, there is nothing wrong with you. You have now been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you're going to have to say what either Father says or what, uh, what you say or what other people say. You say, but I, but I keep seeing things wrong. There you are again, walking by sight and not by faith. The Father says he formally has renounced your unrighteousness. And he has placed upon you his righteousness. Father is abandoning his right. Basically, he's abandoning his right to charge, to charge you for the wrongs you've committed. He is officially giving up his right to condemn us, to condemn you for our, for our unrighteousness. In other words, he is enforcing the New Testament. He is enforcing this new promise. You say, I don't believe all that. Well, let's go to Hebrews 8, chapter Hebrews 8, Amen. verse 12. Look what the Lord says here. Hebrews 8, verse 12 says this, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. God said, I will remember them no more. So again, for the Lord to officially renounce and reject your unrighteousness, 
The Lord said, I'll remember them no more. I've rejected that. But Lord, I'm, I feel like trash. I've rejected that. But Lord, I'm just a poor sinner. I've rejected that. But Lord, you don't know what I did. I rejected that. What do you see on me, Lord? I see the righteousness of Christ. I see holy. I see godly. I see redeemed. I see justified. I see purified. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. The Father has given up his right to punish you. And only the party that has been offended has the right to do this. If you offend someone else, only they have the right to drop it. They take you to court. Only they have the right to drop all charges. You as the defendant don't have the right to drop all charges. You go into court and they're suing you, suing you for whatever amount of money. And you go in there and, she, and you say, judge, you know what? I say case dismissed. I don't owe him. I don't owe him $20,000. I say case dismissed. I say it's done. You don't have the right to do that. That's not your right. But the one on the other side can say the one who is owed the debt, the one who you did not pay, the one who you didn't have the finances to pay, that person can say, Your Honor, I, I drop all the charges. It's done with. They owe me nothing. That's what the Father did for you and I. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ our Lord, Father dropped the charges against you. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the highest, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. He officially renounced everything that was wrong about you. Every wrong deed done. It's washed away under the blood of Jesus. The Father officially did this for you and I. Right now, that is an established fact in the halls of heaven. But here we go up to pray. Oh, God, please, I hope you're hearing me. Oh, God, I hope you're going to hear me. I don't know if you're going to hear me or not, Lord, because I said last night. He said, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? I remember your sins no more. I've officially renounced your unrighteousness. And now when I look at you, son and daughter, all I see is Christ. All I see is the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. All I see is the death, burial, and, and resurrection of my son. All I see is Christ on you, perfection and holiness and grace. You are now the apple of my eye. I'm always proud to see you. I'm always glad to see you. Hallelujah. You must now agree with God. You must agree with God. Hear me, children. You must agree with God. You must agree with him. Now, I love what the Lord prophesied in Isaiah. Isaiah 43, verse, 50, verse 25. Isaiah 43, verse 25. I love the way this reads out of the New Living Translation. It says, Isaiah 43, 25. It says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my, for my own sake and will never, say never. Never. never, and will what? Never, say never, never. say never. 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 never, say never. never, I will never what? 
think of them again. How many times does the Lord have to say it? This is the new promise that he's given unto the body of Christ so that we can be forever justified, forever redeemed, forever set free, forever in his presence. Glory to God. Without spot and without wrinkle because of the finished work of Jesus, not by works, but by faith in the finished work of Christ. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. So we have to say, we have to agree that Jesus, as a matter of fact, say with me, Jesus was raised so that I would be declared free from guilt and accepted by God. God will never, ever again remember my sin. And the day that you can say that with a surety, that's the day of power. The day that you say that without any reservations or thinking that you're lying or looking at yourself, that's the day that the Spirit of God comes in and flips your life upside down and the power of Christ will be revealed in you. The day when you realize that what God said was true and that he was not lying. On that day, when you can declare that, that devil will have no control over you. (laughs) On that day, you'll charge the gates of hell with an empty water pistol, and the fire will be out before you even get there. Boy, you'll be that bad. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, on that day, you wake up and put one foot out of bed, and the devil will say, oh, they're up again. They're up again. They believe in the righteousness that Father, that Father God has provided. And you walk in that, and you walk in that, and you become that. That's what the fight is now. The enemy is constantly trying to put you under judgment and and condemnation, constantly trying to show you how bad you've been and and what you've done. And you're not a Christian, and I thought you were a Christian. You did this and that. You did this and that and the other. No, no, no. The fight is in believing what he said. Remember, as Abraham did, he looked not to the deadness of his own body, to his age, or to the deadness, rather, of Sarah's womb, but he believed in God. He who uh, against hope believed all hope he believed that what God said he he held on to the promise of God for dear life that that means whenever Abraham got up you know I got to go use the bathroom oh Lord you know this don't look right but oh Lord oh Lord every time he went back to go with Sarah oh Lord Sarah you oh but Lord I believe in what you said I believe in what you said she hadn't had a mistress cycle in a long time Lord but I believe believe in what you said. I believe in what you said. I'll be the father of many nations. You're going to grant me seed. Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe it. And I hold on to it for dear life. You said I'm righteous. I hold on to it for dear life. I may have just sinned. I may have just done that. But I thank you, Lord. That is not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm going to believe in what he said. 
and as you continue to declare that and, and walk in that, you will see that manifest in your life. I wonder when would be the day when you will say that, that God will never remember my sins, that I, I am as righteous as Jesus is. Well, that sounds like heresy, isn't it? How can that be possible? Because God took the righteousness of Christ and he placed it upon you. You are righteous. Remember, the Bible declares that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. When are we going to begin to really believe it and, and meditate on what he said? Let's go a little bit further. We're going to close out today. Romans 5. Look at verses 1 and 2. Now we discuss the concept of being justified. Justified. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 said, Therefore, being justified by faith. Say with me, I am justified by faith. Again, not by your works, not because you've read the Bible all the way through so many times, not because you pray two and three hours a day, not because you help out and do this and that and the other. God said, no, I'm not justifying you by your works, not because you have kept the Ten Commandments, the laws written on stone. He said, you're justified by faith because you believe. And how do you believe? Well, the Bible declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God, hearing what God said, and you say it and you put it in your mouth and you meditate on that word and you say it over and you're over and over and over. And as you say the word of God and as you declare the word of God, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes. And you're building yourself up and you're building yourself up and you're building yourself up and then you begin to become what you say. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Thank God for that peace. God's not mad at you. Hallelujah. He's not mad at you. He's not cursing your name. Glory to God. We have peace with God, and that's an everlasting peace. A peace that does not depend on your level of holiness or godliness. A peace that does not depend on whether you sin tonight or not sin tonight. God's peace and God's love for you is not dependent upon your actions. It's apart from your actions. His love for you is perfect. His peace for you is perfect. It is perfect. He doesn't love you more when you think that you are holy. He doesn't love you less when you look at it like a demon. Please, please don't look like a demon. Jesus. He loves you. His love for you is perfection perfection and if you ever catch the revelation even when you're in the midst of doing something wrong when you're even in the midst of it when you're really condemning yourself and the devil's all on you if you can just remember at that point i pray you hear the voice of the spirit of god at that moment saying son daughter you're still mine i still love you son daughter i haven't turned my back on you i'm still here with you to restore you to heal you to deliver you son daughter i love you that his love for you is not contingent upon what you do but it instead, is a, it is contingent upon who you are in him and who he is in you. The Bible says again, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith 
into this grace, into this unmerited favor, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's look at justified for a moment, because it says we are justified by faith. Justified, look at this. The word justified means to render, to render righteous or such as one ought to be. Make a note of this, that the word render means to cause to be or become. The word render is to cause to be or become. So we can say to be justified is to become righteous or to cause to be righteous or such as one ought to be. It means also to show, exhibit, one to be righteous, such as he is and wishes himself to be considered. Also, it means to declare, pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. So say with me, I am righteous. I am righteous. God made me that way. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible declares that you became a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God made you righteous. You're not becoming righteous. You are righteous. And listen, this doesn't just mean that you have right standing with God. It does. But it also means that you are, you are the right standing of God. You don't just have righteousness. You are righteousness. I'm not just in right sin with God or, or possess righteousness. I am that. You cannot separate me from righteousness. In the eyes of God, God cannot separate you from righteousness. You're, you not only have righteousness, you are righteousness. Oh, that seems out of crazy. Uh, Pastor, I, I was going with you until now. Now you're talking about that you are righteousness and that God has made you, caused you to become righteousness. I don't know about that. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Let me help you out. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Talking about Jesus. God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus didn't sin that we might be made, say made. made, that we might be made, say made. made, made the righteousness of God in him. So I'm telling you, righteousness is not just something you have, but it is who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are righteousness. Oh, my God, let that sink in, Holy Ghost. You are righteousness. God made you that way. He not only, uh, again, when you gave your life to Jesus, boy, so much stuff happened to you. Glory to God. And he made you righteous. 
He gave you, the, he imputed the, this righteousness upon you. Remember, he took that and placed that upon you. Glory to God. The righteousness that Jesus has, he places this on you. The holiness that Jesus has, he places that on you. How much Jesus is loved, he places that upon you. How is that possible? Because the Bible says again that you are in Christ Jesus. And as you are in Christ, you have put on Christ. Glory to the Lamb of God. You have put on his righteousness. You cannot be separated from it. If you are born of God, not, not just that you come to church. Remember, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like you're sitting in the garage does not make you a car. And just like, you, just like you're sitting in McDonald's, that doesn't make you a Big Mac. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have to be a born-again believer, sanctified by the Lord. Now, let's go a little bit further. We're going to close out. Let's keep going in Romans 5, verse 3 through 11. Let me show you one more thing. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, hallelujah, glory, say in due time. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. For scarcely... Uh, for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now, say now. now. Say now. now. Come on, be in a moment. Say now. 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 Much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Glory to God. Say with me, I'm justified by his blood. I'm justified by his blood. I'm justified by his blood. That means if the blood of Jesus was received by God, I am received by God. If the blood of Jesus had power to redeem, that means that I am redeemed. I am justified in accordance with the holiness that's in his blood, by the power that's in his blood. So if the devil ever wants to bring you in question of your holiness or God, Godliness or righteousness, just point him to the blood. Hallelujah. I am justified by his blood. When? Right now. Now we are justified by his blood. Now I'm justified by his blood. Glory to God Almighty. Hallelujah. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the atonement. The word atonement simply means adjustment of a difference. Reconciliation, restoration to favor. Restoration to favor. We have been restored to favor. 
restored to favor through what Jesus Christ has done. Say with me, I am restored to favor. God is the one who has justified you. He's the one. He's the justifier. He is the one that is just, and he is the justifier of all those who believe in Jesus. God himself justifies you. God himself declares you righteous. Now, the question is, are you going to believe what he said? Yes. Are you going to walk in what he said? Are you going to declare what he said? Or would this just be just another feel-good maybe message or what have you? It's up to you to take that word and declare that word to be true in your life, to receive it as true fact. Lord, it's true. I receive it. To be like, to have the, the faith of Abraham, to walk by faith and not by sight. No matter what your conduct is, no matter what hangups you have, no matter what addictions you have, does God hate sin? Absolutely. It was for sin that he put his son up on the cross for you and died. And he has already defeated sin in the flesh, in the body of Jesus Christ. He has renounced his right to condemn you. Now we have to declare what he has done. You have to lift up Jesus and magnify Jesus in your own life. Lift him up. Lift him up above your sin, above your shame. And as you lift Jesus high, you see all the hang-ups and stuff that you've had just melt away. It cannot abide in the light. Sin cannot abide in the light. The more you declare his word, the more you live by what he said, the more light comes in and the more darkness goes out. Is it possible for a Christian to be defeated, live a defeated life? Absolutely. Is that God's plan? No. But you have to take that word and eat that word, meditate on that word. Even though God has said these things about you, you have to declare it yourself, believe in it, and walk in it. Only then will you see the fruit of it. You have seed in your pocket. Now it's time to put it in the, put it in the ground and water it and water it. Be free of your shame. Be free of your guilt. Stop looking at you and look at him. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Father, I pray for an impartation of your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bear witness to what you said today. Lord, I pray for signs and wonders and miracles to follow the ministry of your word. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help your people to get up. Help them to arise. Help them to believe what you said. Break down those walls and barriers of, of religion. Break down those walls and barriers of, of works so that they may enter into the grace that you have provided and live out what you've said about them. Father, I, sh- I pray that you show them in dreams and in visions. Show them, Lord. Give them other witnesses. Give them confirmations of what you said. So, Father, I release this word into your hands. And, Lord, I do pray for all right now, those that are in this room right now, and those that are watching from all around the world, I pray for the revelation of Jesus Christ to be in their heart and in their lives. 
reveal Jesus to them. Holy Spirit, I pray, lead them to Jesus and show them the works of the Father. And my friend, those of you that are joining us today, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never believed in him, maybe you've been a churchgoer, you know, you've come once or twice or something, maybe you've been religious, you've heard about him, but you've never given your, your heart to him. You've never really invited him in. You've kept the door closed. And today I ask you to open that door to Jesus. Open that door so that you may experience all that God has for you. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. And we're going to invite Jesus in. Just say, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in Jesus. I thank you for sending him to take my sins away. I repent of all evil works. I turn from it and I turn to you. So I confess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Well, my friends, if you have prayed that prayer and you really meant that, my God, you really meant that, then you would have, you're going to have the witness of the Spirit. He's going to crowd within you, Abba, Father. And I tell you, welcome to the family of God. And from this moment forth, let me tell you, the Father said, I'll remember your sins no more. So rejoice in that this week. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.